Welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you riding solo once more from the West Coast, Josh Lander. Still waiting on Nate to get back as we continue to along in this MLB season, bringing you these daily MLB picks here, player props, and a few uh, game plays as well here. Usually trying to hit that first five where we're talking about pitchers uh, and fading those starters or riding with them. We'll see how we do today uh, as we look forward to this show on Monday, July the 24th. Looking back quickly at the previous show, not quite as much success in that one. 0-3 last Thursday. Zach Gallen and uh, Spencer Strider had a really interesting battle there with the Diamondbacks and the Bravos, as you probably hopefully were watching that if you were able on Thursday uh, during the daytime. That was a really good matchup for a few innings pitching-wise. Then they both kind of blew up and ended up out of the game. But Zach Gallen still managed to not walk a single batter despite giving up a bunch of runs. Tyler Glass now got right over 8.5 Ks to get 9. Uh, he is not someone I know. I mean, look, we said it was possible he gets 9 in 6 innings. And he went the full 6, and they didn't really have that same inning pitch uh, limit on him that I thought that they would have. So he didn't. He got the 9, not, did not go under as I thought he might. And then Toronto and San Diego, Blake Snell did not come through for us, managing to outpitch uh, Chris Bassett, who actually didn't give up a run in that game. And the Padres fell to the Blue Jays in that one as well. So we're 7-8 and eight on the season, still up almost a unit, uh, still grinding away here. Only 15 games, up a unit in baseball with these tiny little margins. Isn't the worst thing in the world, so we'll continue to try to get some better success. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page, though. Continue to follow along. Check out each and every video that we're bringing you each and every day as we move forward through this regular season of the MLB. Uh, also head to thelines.com. You can check out the great content we're putting up on the site and use the odds finder tool that we have up there for you guys. Make sure that you're getting the best odds available to you from all these books, giving you bets in the MLB this season. Let's jump right into the first bet for today on Monday. And we're looking back at the Padres once again, taking on the Pirates. And the Pirates are a team we can fade right now. They're a team that has pretty much solidified that they don't have any want to have anything to do with the postseason. And they've brought up a bunch of young guys to see what they have in their minor league system and sat a bunch of guys uh, who I don't know how good they were. The Pirates, you know, sort of overachieved this season. But we, we know that the Pirates aren't really trying to win anymore. And we can start to take advantage of that. Padres been a little bit better. So my first bet is minus one and a half on the run line. Don't don't love doing that when I'm talking about the home team here for the pods uh, and they don't get that extra half inning, right? Even if they are up to get more runs. So minus one and a half with the home team is a bit scary, but they're just so much better than Pittsburgh. And, and really, I'll talk about rookie Quinn Priester here for the Pittsburgh Pirates and why I'm so confident in fading him. Point, point three units, by the way, on that one at minus 125 on FanDuel when I got this bet here. Uh, Priester, I mean, he's one appearance, 0-1, 11.81 ERA. That's because he had seven earned runs allowed uh, in 5.1 innings pitched uh, against the Guardians there last week. And the Guardians, they've been a better offense, but like this Padres offense has been much better actually in these situations and over the last course of the last month as well. If you look at their offense, I mean, they're, they're 17th in Woba on the season, 14th in uh, weighted runs created, plus still top half of the league in most offensive categories, despite the underachievements that they've had. A 343 Woba is is what they've had on the season. There, there's a bit higher Woba projected for them against Priester and, and the way that he throws uh, against this team here, who probably will be able to get on base a good amount against Priester and then probably be able to send those guys home. But that's been the Padres thing all season is leaving guys on base. So hopefully they continue to walk and get guys on base, get to Priester, get to him early. I mean, he's going to pitch five innings probably even if he gives up the seven runs like he did last time. So for the, the, the pods to sort of be winning this game pretty big at the end of five innings, feels pretty good 
there's really not even any juice on the the money line there for the first five. You still have to take like at least half a run, and it's minus 170. So everything's juiced against the, the Pirates, obviously, and uh, really against people betting on the Padres. Um, but they got you Darvish on the mound. Seven and six this season with a 4.36 ERA. Um, decent expected numbers as well. He comes into this one. He's got about a 3.77 expected FIP um, and about a 3.6 expected Sierra. So with, with those numbers coming into the, into play here, I'm feeling pretty good about you uh, Darvish's ability to go up against this Pittsburgh lineup, who once again is sort of, uh, well, they've been really bad as of late and down to about a 297 Woba, uh, especially against uh, guys like you Darvish who come in there with a, a few different pitches where they do have movement, but a really nasty, obviously fastball as well. So I feel pretty good for the pods here. Minus one and a half uh, on the run line for the whole game. Point three. I think this thing will be over pretty quick, to be honest, but let's just take it for the whole game so we can get a little bit of the uh, the juice back that that's being taken from us. Uh, moving on to the second game here, Guardians and Royales. And another thing where, look, I, the Guardians are trying. They've been looking, they've looked a lot better over the course of the last month on offense where they've been putrid, honestly. Uh, and they've get Logan Allen coming back into this one. And I love Logan Allen. I, I've had him on my fantasy team sporadically and for most of the season until he went down somewhat mysteriously, in my opinion, to the, to the minors. And he only seems to be getting... Uh, another opportunity up here because of the fact that there's some hurt arms for the Guardians, but I still like Logan Allen, Logan Allen at four. He's four and two on the season with a three two one ERA. Um, he might be due for a bit of regression if you look at his expected numbers, but like he's going up against this awful, awful Royals offense right now in a way that like you're still getting the Cleveland game juiced against you if you want to bet on the Guardians. But I do want to bet on them. They're they're taking on Ryan Yarbrough who has looked decent at times. I mean, he looked decent against Detroit last week, gave up three runs to the Tigers in 5.2, didn't manage to go six against them. You don't love to see that against, like I said, one bottom three offense for the Tigers right now, for sure, in this league. Uh, and, you know, with, with Cleveland the coming in against uh, Yarbrough, I, I think that, you know, the way that they've been hitting lefties has been bad all season. They, they're ranked 22nd on the season versus left-handed pitching. But let's go ahead and look at how hot they've been in the last month. I mean, in the last month, they moved all the way up to 15th against left-handed pitching. But even in the last three weeks, they've moved all the way up to 10th in just in that time frame uh, in terms of at batting average and a few other key statistics here like Woba, weight, uh, weighted runs created, plus things of that nature. They, they, against left-handed pitching, they're doing much, much better. So I think you're, they're not really taking that enough into account. Uh, for Logan, for for Logan and the Guardians' offense against this Royals' really really bad offense, and then Ryan Yarbrough, who I, I just think there's a, a good opportunity for for Logan Allen to continue. Like, look, I, I know that he's got some some weird expected numbers, and he's he has walked a few guys, doesn't strike very many guys out. Um, but still, at this point, you know, with in his last 12.2 innings, we're talking about not allowing a single run, right? Like, I understand there's luck, but like, how long do you just can start to consider it luck versus being like, this is kind of what he's doing, man, even if it's just for this season uh, and the way that the ball's rolling for him. I feel pretty good about Logan Allen making sure that the uh, Cleveland Guardians get the first five money line. It's only minus 180. I'm going all the way up to 0.4 units to get a little bit of that back, though. Uh, feeling pretty good about that one. And moving on to the last pick here that I'm making for you guys. We're looking at Texas and Houston. And I'm going with a couple bets in this game because I like Texas on the, the first five money line. And I like the over on the first five as well. Point um, three units on both of those things there. The better juice for the, uh, the Texas money line is minus 125. It's on Barstool. You're not going to get much better than that. Uh, I think it's actually about minus 135 or so on the bigger sites like uh, FanDuel and DraftKings. Then for the over four and a half on the first five for these two teams, I like uh, that's on MGM with the best odds there, minus 115. Put 0.3 units on that as well. So 
Uh, looking at these two teams atop the AL West, Texas is coming off losing two of three to the Doyers. And now Corey Seager is hurt, and you don't like to see that. He's on the shelf again for the second time this season after spending about a month there earlier. He's only played in 66 games, and when he has, he's been an MVP candidate. Uh, 350, 413, 631. Those are his slashes right there. He's got 15 dingers and 58 RBI in those 66 games. That's a war, a wins above replacement of about four and a half, uh, which is also good for MVP style numbers there. So it's tough that he hasn't been able to, to extrapolate that out into a full season uh, and might might be a leading candidate for that, uh, for that uh, MVP in the AL despite the fact that Shohei Otani plays there. Um, so, you know, whatever. We'll see what, what the offense is able to do. I still like the over for this team um, coming in and taking on Houston. This is a matchup where Houston would normally seem to have the, the better pitcher, but they got Brandon Belak going. Um, and that's going to be someone who's only out there because of some of the injuries that they've faced to those uh, pitching arms in Texas, for, for Houston specifically in Texas, Houston, Texas. Um, and Belak, that 5.48 ERA with a, uh, an, an XERA that's a little bit higher than that. Uh, his K to walk percentage is not good about nine and a half percent um and you know like i said he, he's basically a replacement style and, and level of arm at this point this isn't the oakland a's who houston's coming off three of four taken from from oakland right this is uh the, the top team in the division and we they got john gray going uh, with gray there's not a lot to love when you look at the way that things have fallen a bit for him like he's not striking guys out quite as much um, he's not really managing to keep walks off the board as well. He is uh, walking a lot more than he's than you'd like compared to how many guys he's striking out about 11% uh, K to walk percentage there. Uh, he does have like, look, all these Texas pitchers, they, they leave a lot of guys on base. They have very low BABIPs because they have a top three defense behind them in Texas uh, playing for the Rangers there. There's like I said, that strand rate is super high because they continue to find ways to get outs. And it's like, Texas is one of those teams where the ball is rolling correctly for them in a lot of different scenarios. And you hate to rely on that, but like if every single pitcher here has some worse expected numbers and a really low BABIP and seems to be getting lucky, it's like they play in a big park uh, out in Texas, which you can say it's a hitter's ballpark, but not a lot of things are leaving the park. And that defense is so good covering all that ground for a reason. Like that's how this team has been built um, so that they can make sure that they do keep those runs off the board. If you're not able to get the ball out of the park. So, you know, like I said, Texas wouldn't normally, have such a, a pitching edge in this one. I mean, the, the Astros have had that, that pitching edge for most teams, uh, especially when you look at the fact that Altuve and Alvarez are still out right now for them. That's why they've had to rely on pitching a bit more. This is just not the spot for them. So I, I do like over in the first five a bit more, especially because you get the juice, but I'm putting point three on both of these for Texas to be winning after five uh, and for this game to be over five runs after five innings as well. And that is all the time that I have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. Coming back to you tomorrow with more of these picks for you guys. So until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>